a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Kate Montana, welcoming to the show here. I'm so grateful that you are here. You're a fascinating, fascinating woman. We were going to talk about all of the things that called you to Hawaii, as well as Cracking the Matrix, your incredibly cool book. I just finished this thing yesterday morning as you and I were speaking about. This is 14 Keys to Individual and Global Freedom. Going to be linked down below, as well as your Substack, your Facebook, any other way that you want to be linked, young lady. So... For the audience not uber familiar with who you are, do you mind just introducing yourself in your own words here? Oh, boy. Um, an ex-spiritual person, <laughs> author, journalist for 35 years, uh, mostly writing about psychology, uh, spirituality, consciousness, quantum physics, all those things. Uh, worked with the filmmakers of What the Bleep Do We Know, the film for years. Um, and... Uh, Woke up in 2020 with the world going crazy, and I was like, I think I'm in a spirituality bubble. I, you know, I everything had been just, you know, miss positive and miss see, you know, focus on the light. And, um, and I looked at the world and went, well, shit, what's really going on? I'm missing something huge here. So that's when I turned around and I decided to look at the dark side, if you will. And um, because it, I'd looked everywhere else, I was so focused on God, the light being positive, being up um, and out of my body. Um, and yeah, that was a talk about a grounding rod experience. It's It's been intense and it's been the most powerful, empowering change. It's been indescribable. It's been, I guess, I guess it's called getting real, Brandon. I do when believe getting real really, is what the kids are still saying. Yeah. 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 When you get real, it's just like, oh, things shift. Things really shift rather than being in a conceptual idea about, well, this is what God is and this is what God love is and this is what spirituality is and la, 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 la. And it's just like all of a sudden that did, that was such a cognitive dissonance with where the world is. And I'm like, okay. I need a bigger picture here. So that's a probably a crappy introduction, but that's basically what's happened. It's a fantastic introduction. I also <laughs> want to just let everybody know again that your book is located down in the show description. She writes like she speaks, but she's also an encyclopedia in this thing of fascinating sites, uh, information, and all kinds of other factoids. But the way that you flow through things, you had me giggling in this. I was laughing. I was sitting here thinking, I mean, the humor that you have and in, in the writing that you have comes out in your personality. So no, I will not accept your apology for a crappy intro. That was a beautiful intro, ma'am. We will take it again, all the ways to find her linked down below. So with your aha moment, with your wake up, um, what was the transition like uh, as far as your immediate surroundings go? Like how long did it go from 
where you feel that was a complete out of the cocoon metamorphosis from when you started and then what did your environment look like friends family location all of that in the uh offset um i i write um alternative healing and um alternative medical um articles for lynn mctaggart's magazine in the uk <clears throat> she well, wrote the intention experiment really cool lady so um i was raised in a in a um a doctor's family and my grandfather was fundamentally like my dad and he was not only a, a surgeon a allopathic doctor <clears throat> but he was also a trained homeopath so when covid hit i was the, it, that you know that was my homeopathy was my go-to and i pitched um my editor i pitched lynn i said hey can i you know write an article about um homeopathic treatment for covid she would yeah go for it so i interviewed all these so this is like march of 2020 at the very beginning and so i interviewed all these doctors uh, around the world i um i interviewed a guy by the name of jeremy share who is um from south africa he's one of the world's leading homeopathic epidemiologists by the end of march he'd already treated over 800 patients with homeopathy and not one went to the hospital and they were all done out and and, and happy and, and healed in three to no more than seven days so i took his recommendations and all the other doctors were having the same kind of um you know uh, results and i was like oh i don't have to worry about COVID. yay so i wrote my article and it got published and and then I'd watch the lockdowns and the mandates and the, and I just watched everything go nuts. And, you know, and I talked to, I, I mean, I interview doctors every month. That's just part of what I do. Um, granted functional medical doctors, alternative healers, chiropractors, acupuncturists, et cetera. And everybody I talked to was just flabbergasted by what was happening because they were treating patients with vitamin D and zinc and vitamin C, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, having fabulous results. And that was what, that was what flipped my switch, Brandon, because I went, all right, the world is being sold out. We're being sold a bill of goods. I, you know, by the end of 2020, um, I had gotten my hands on information from the CDC that clearly, I mean, I've got, I could bring up the freaking graphic, um, clearly showed that overall, all age groups, zero to 100, there was a 28.5 survival rate. If you were 70 and below, you had a 99.5% chance of surviving COVID. I've looked at the mortality figures now for the vaccine and it's something like close to 4% mortality rate. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. So that was what, that was what just drove me to go, okay, what's really going on? I was no stranger to conspiracies. I, as I say, I was a prepper for a long time. Um, one of my early spiritual teachers was a channeled um, entity by the name of Ramtha. And, um, and he was all about the days to come um, when the world would go topsy-turvy nuts and, um, and everything in society would fundamentally fall apart. And so, you know, 30 years later, I was like, oh, this is what he was talking about. So I, had, you know, I'd read about the economic shenanigans with, um, you know, the Roosevelt's and the, and the, um, you know, I can't remember the European name, shit. Anyway, um, you know, I, I was familiar with all of the, the information about the development of the IRS and taxation and, and all of that. And it was 
yeah. So I knew that, but I hadn't translated it fully into the rest of the story. And then what really kind of got me was I didn't realize if, if, so I turned around and I started reading about the nature of evil. Okay, what the heck is this? And I was surprised, shocked to realize that every civilization, I tracked it back like 5,000 years, every civilization, every culture on every continent um, talks about this interdimensional, non-physical um, intelligence that is um, entropic, anti-life, a very deceptive, degrading, um, negative force. And the the Hawaiians call it the Eepa. Native American, the Iroquois nation, uh, refers to it as Witiko. Um, uh, another um, uh, group calls it Windingo. You know, the Abaddon is what the, the, the Hebrews call it. Iblis is from Islam. Of course, we call it Satan. And uh, the, the Greeks called it the Archons. They were very, very clear, deceptive beings that they called the Whisperers that would just that always were about demeaning, debasing, degrading, bring you down to your lowest common denominator. Even Carl Jung talked about it and called it the Antichrist, called it, it was an intelligence that was the equivalent of the Antichrist. He called it the Antimimos. So there were all of these incredibly um, valid, credible sources that were talking very clearly, stating the nature, naming this presence, um, referring to it as they didn't refer, I never saw the word interdimensional, but it was non-physical. And I was like, well, shit. Okay. Everybody has known about this everywhere forever. Why don't we know about it? <laughs> so that was the next step. This is all 2020. It was 2020 was just, well, it was a shit show for everybody. But in the mean, in the middle of the shit show, my mind is going and I'm reading and researching because what else is anybody going to do? <laughs> Nobody can go anywhere. And I'm on an island in the middle of nowhere. So, um, yeah. So I started researching, well, why don't we know? Why don't we know? Why don't we see what's obvious? Because, I mean, if you look at our society, if you look at the nature of human beings, people want to be happy. They want to be in a loving relationship. They want to raise their kids to be healthy and happy and exuberant and excited about life and to express themselves. They want to be part of their community. They want to do meaningful work. They want to have friends and do barbecues. They don't want to take over the freaking world. You know, they're not psychopaths. <laughs> and I've, I've, Brandon, I've traveled all over the world to Turkey and Russia and South America and India and Europe and, and everywhere I've gone. Everybody is like that. Everybody. Yes. Are there bad apples? Yes. Are there psychopaths? Sure. Are there, you know, criminals and criminal minds and murderers? Yes. The majority? No. And I was like, I, I, I just couldn't know. Nobody wants the reality and this dystopian insanity. Nobody wants a jackboot on their necks. Nobody wants that except a handful. So that is what really woke me up to what's going on because I was like, okay, we are these beautiful divine creative beings, consciousness, thought, emotion, love, it creates reality. And if 8 billion people on this planet are aligned with a 
more pastoral visions that we shall we say about life and themselves and what they want to create and experience and what they want their children to experience and then a hundred thousand people i don't know have a different plan and a different vision what's what's going on and what is facilitating this other vision and and what's driving that so it was a, a very much a matter of looking behind the curtain kind of like the wizard of oz and finally seeing the puppet masters so that was 2020 and then i, I just I, you know i as 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 i speak i write as i as you know to research is to write so i just i just kept writing and compiling information and then somewhere in 2021 cracking the matrix was finished so much so much to talk about here before i uh launch into the questions i have of what you just said and i love what you just said uh tell me what your feelings are on religion and uh your relationship to it well like most people i was raised to be a good christian girl god-fearing christian girl um Lousp. I was raised in the Episcopal Church. My mom was, you know, a every other week person because she really did, wasn't interested, but she figured she had to raise me right. So, um, but I, I never, I, I felt very uncomfortable in church because it was, it was such a, um, a, a demeaning place about our position. Humanity's position was, you know, the, the phrase, I'm not worthy enough to gather up the crumbs from underneath thy table, Lord, you know, and I would, you know, everybody's nodding their heads and I'm going, this, my little child mind is going, this is terrible. I don't feel like a lowly worm. I feel, I feel excited and happy and I want to dance and sing and ride my pony and love the world and nature. And it's like, what is this lowly worm stuff? So I got out of the I got out of organized religion in my teens, but by the time I hit thirty, um, I you know I did I bought finally bought into the whole material world formula. Get a good education, get a good job, start a career, find a good husband or wife. You know, buy the house, get a mortgage, and I did all that, and and I was not happy. And so 30 found me divorced and drinking too much, depressed, going, well, you know, I tried religion, that didn't sit. I tried ignoring religion, that didn't work. And so I figured that the only other place to go was inwards. You know, there was the religion never had me explore my myself. Religion told me that I was a lowly worm. So I already knew that setup. The only thing I had not tried to find out about was me so eastern meditation eastern religion um that's where I, you know i i started meditating really without any training brandon um i just figured that it was a slow down kate it was a process of looking within and that's what i did um i quit television i was in a um I was working for the networks in television sports production for ABC and NBC and ESPN and um, doing quite well. And I left television and I left my husband and I went and lived in a one room cabin in the middle of the North Georgia mountains on a hundred acres in the middle of nowhere with no indoor plumbing and no electricity. I lived there for three years and, and all I did was meditate and garden and look within and that was when i really <laughs> that that was when i got introduced to uh the archons 
that's when I got introduced to this interdimensional negative and tropic influence. Because when I started to meditate, I, I was very um, passionate and obsessive <laughs> about it. And um, so I, I meditated like, shoot, eight hours a day, you know, four hours in the morning and four hours at night. And I cracked my kundalini immediately. And so I started having all these out-of-body experiences. And I started having all these visitations by um, invisible beings. And I would see things and hear things and be dragged out of my body at night and thrown into astral hell realms. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. I had no preparation. I had no idea what I was dealing with. Um, I had no knowledge. I didn't even know the word astral. Um, I had just gotten my master's degree in psychology because I wanted to know what was going on with what we knew about the human mind. So I ended up um, calling my my ex um, academic advisor and asking for a reference to a good psychiatrist because I was like, I'm losing it here. And um, anyway, make a long story short, you asked me what my introduction to religion was. So that's my background on religion. And that was how I tippy toed into spirituality. Well, I didn't tippy-toe. I, I ramrodded my, my, my way in like a steam engine. Um, because, you know, the minute I, I, I heard the word enlightenment, it was like, oh, shit. It's going to, I'm, I'm going to have all wisdom, all knowing. I won't be confused anymore. I'll be happy. I'll have all the answers. You know, this was what my, my sweet little naive mind thought enlightenment was going to be. And, you know, and I'll just be on a cloud with God forever. So be it. Yes. Okay. Um, I had no idea what that journey was going to be. But God, the enlightenment train, that's that's a whole other topic of conversation, Brandon, because, you know, the whole idea of the ego, I, Kate Montana wanted enlightenment. I'm going to have that. And then I'm going to dress in white robes and I'm going to be somebody and I'm going to tell people what's real and what's true and, and strut my stuff on a stage. You know, that, that. Oh boy. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, that whole journey of awakening the the whole becoming aware of my my etheric bodies, my astral body, my mental emotional body, these other realms. That was that was when I really got introduced to the archons. Didn't know what I was dealing with. So it was really interesting when I started to write about all of this stuff back in twenty twenty one. That I was like, oh, 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 that's what I was dealing with. Okay. So a lot has come full circle from God. Okay. So religion. So full circle is having a new mirror, a new lens for religion and what religion is and what it says and what it does and what it's supposed to do and what it doesn't do. And same with spirituality, um, understanding that there is a, uh, a non-physical interdimensional influence that is always bent on insinuating into wherever there's a, wherever there's trauma, wherever there's a wound, wherever there's a gap in our consciousness, in our emotions, in our mental body, in our physical body, um, that influence that it, it rides on in. And um, so I learned that this is a 
a propagandist, a parasitic propaganda monger um, that has an agenda ultimately of being able to take over physical bodies and have the life experience and the embodied experience that they don't have and aren't equal to and actually don't really understand, which sounds really creepy and scary, but it really doesn't have to be, and I'll get to that. But the whole agenda, what I finally realized, the whole agenda of the Archons is to lower our light. It can't do it to us. It's got to insinuate its agenda and its consciousness into us, then we buy it. And we lower our own light because we're pure beings of love. We're pure beings of love. We're pure spirit. This is the appearance of form. There's there's spirit and then there's the appearance of form. <laughs> if you get into quantum physics, there ain't no such thing as, as, a, as a physical body and there ain't no such thing as a physical particle, a little grain of sand at the bottom of all this stuff. It's all fields of energy. So, um, <laughs> so I started, part of my research was starting to track, well, okay, how has this archon influence influenced religion how has it influenced um christianity for example um and do you want to get a word in edgewise here <laughs> no, no I'll, I'll, i've got plenty of things but please you're absolutely on a roll and i know better than to to stop you so please continue okay okay let's take the concept of original sin one of the most d divisive corrosive ideas concepts ever perpetuated onto mankind so we all know what original sin is the body is corrupt you're born into the body you're born innately sinful violent aggressive you're a you're a beast with no consciousness you're a lowly worm okay that's that's the original sin concept so where did that come from well it came from this guy called saint augustine well saint augustine um he was the son of a christian mom and a pagan dad and and uh, he was a, a drunk and a sexual reprobate through his 20s and his Christian mom despaired of his soul. But eventually St. Augustine ran across a guy, a teachings of a guy called Mani, the prophet of Babylon, who had preceded him uh, by about a hundred years. Um, Mani was uh, in Babylon in like two, 250 AD. Anyway, so he ran across Manichaeism, and that's where the root of original sin is. And the whole root teaching of Manichaeism is that the body is corrupt, the body is sinful naturally. And so when this kid ran across this teaching, the light bulb went off, and he was like, oh my God, it's not me. It's not my fault that I'm a drunkard, wretch, you know, womanizer. My body made me do it. Yes, oh, I'm not to blame. Yes, my body made me do it. So, so that's how St. Augustine became St. Augustine. He pulled himself up by the bootstraps. He embraced monochaism, the idea of original sin. He eventually became Christian and a, quite a theologian, and the rest is history. We know about he he brought original sin concept, and it was adopted by the Catholic by the Catholic Church in like 365 A.D. Okay. Here's the question. Where did Mani, the prophet of Babylon, get the idea? It turns out that he heard a voice, a disembodied voice whispered to him. He called it his other self. 
He had no idea what it was, but this voice whispered to him incessantly about the corruption of the flesh and how it demeaned and debased us and how debased we were and violent and worth nada until we transcended out of the physical state. So St. Augustine comes along and he picks up a teaching that was a invisible influence voice in somebody's head. Now, St. Augustine, Monty never said he was talking to an angel. He said, I'm just talking, I have this voice in my head that keeps telling me this stuff, keeps whispering this message. So Augustine comes along a hundred years later and goes, oh, he was talking to an angel. <laughs> so now we have one of the, as I say, one of the most divisive, debasing, shame-based. Shame is one of the lowest frequency vibrations of emotion we can operate at. So now we have 100, 200 generations of men and women who are ashamed and feel their bodies are filth and their sexuality is, is, is grotesque. And so the, this epigenetic inheritance of shame and remorse and guilt and, and hatred of the body and the hatred of the self, that's how this the, how the archons operate. That's how religion, spirit, oh, I can get into spirituality, how spirituality has been twisted. The, it's all, there's beautiful truths. You're a spirit. God is one. God is infinite. You are infinite. They're beautiful truths. Now let's twist it and fuck it up so that you end up thinking you're a piece of shit. So it's always, always, always a program of bringing us, allow, getting us to embrace ideas about ourselves that demean us, that take us away, always away from the truth. We are beings of pure love. We are spirit. Having this experience. Well, that was the question about religion. What's next? <laughs> spirituality how's that gotten twisted up <laughs> answered perfectly i'm telling you uh, okay well what do you what's your worldview what do you think this place is round flat simulation not um it's it's not real six inches in front of your face and on like what what are your thoughts about this reality and then follow-up <laughs> question then feel free to just to go with this what do you think the whole damn point to this is what do you think our role or mission or this what do you think this oh, place I'm, is? I, i'm gonna start with the second question first um Having spent most of my life searching for meaning and purpose and wanting to be purposeful and meaningful and all of that, I've realized that what a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm here to have the experience of being alive. That's the meaning of life. Live. It's so freaking simple. But now we've got, you know, we, we're so in our heads. We have been, Again, this is part of the whole Archon influence. Get in your head, get in your head. This is the most confusing territory possible. This is an endless trap. That's why I called it the matrix. It is a matrix. I've got a matrix in my head telling me who I am as a sexual being, who I am as a gendered being, who I am as an economic socio-political being, who I am as a, et cetera, et cetera. All matrices within matrices within matrices within matrices, all. We wonder why we're confused. So, you know, the, so the whole meant, but this is the realm where Watiko, the Archons, really, really can get us going. And then we just run with the ball and, 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 and 
confuse ourselves searching for meaning all right i'm going to go to i'm going to go to spirituality i'll get to the whether we have a flat earth or not in a minute one of the things <laughs> okay i spent 35 years in the new age spirituality arena and you know the message was <laughs> okay here's it this this blew my mind when i realized this brandon what I realized last year that the message from mainstream society, Christianity, and New Age spirituality was all the same message. And it's, you're not enough. Society is you're not skinny enough, you're not rich enough, you're not wealthy enough, you're not material, you're not successful enough. Religion is you're not holy enough, you're not pure enough, you're not loving enough. Spirituality is you're not enlightened enough, you're not your Christ self enough, you're not you're the, you're not you're not enough. This is the most insidious, ongoing, omnipresent, every which way we get this message. You are not enough. And then, well, let me give you the answers. Let me lead you. I will tell you what the answer is. It's not inside you. Don't look in there. Look look out here. Look to the guru. Look to the teacher. Look to the president. Look to the corporation. Look to the doctor. Whatever. You know, again, this this insidious programming that is so fucking relentless, Brandon. But it's all got one fundamental message. You're not enough. And you never will be unless you take this pill or do this meditation or wear that color clothes on Wednesday. <clears throat> and it's an endless, it's endless. Once we get on the, um, once we get on the self-improvement hobby horse, it's endless. We can never do enough because we're being driven relentlessly searching for what we already are. I cannot become what I already am. I can't become a being of pure love. I already am a being of pure love. So the, the, the gig has been to keep us in our heads, keep us driven, keep us demeaned, keep us divided, keep us hating ourselves, keep us constantly chronically searching outside ourselves for answers. So, you know, New Age spirituality, uh, you know, it was all about the light. Go to the light. Go outside to your, become your Christ self. It was always up and out. I mean, I've spent, I, I, I've kind of calculated roughly, I've spent someplace but around 25,000 hours meditating. Um, and yes, I did crack my whole persona and, and ended up in, in an enlightened state for days on end. So you can't be so assiduously, obsessively focused on something so sincerely and passionately for so long without something happening. Which we, and so the whole enlightenment <laughs> um, thing was such a cosmic joke. And now I know why Buddha is always seen laughing in all of these different paintings and all these different, different statues is because, you know, Kate Montana, I wanted to become enlightened. And enlightenment is the absence of cape montana altogether <laughs> it's you know it's when i woke up with it's when you know that that whole meditation gig you know you're out and you're in bliss and you're in oh god waves of oneness and, and, and what an exalted amazing experience meditation can be 
open my eyes. Two milliseconds later, I'm like, oh shit, the dog just threw up. Oh my God, I'm overdue, you know, I'm overdrawn. Oh my God, my husband, wife, whatever is having an effect. It's just like the world just comes in, bam, like that. And there I am back being Kate Montana show again. And it's tough and it's rough. And I just want to close my eyes and just drift off into and that got really old at a certain point. I was like, well, wait a minute. Why am I being incessantly coached to close my eyes and get out of my body? How is this actually helping me be a whole human being? And what is this enlightenment gig anyway? So, you know, one day in my garden in 2007, October, um, I opened my eyes from two hours of bliss and meditation and Kate Montana show wasn't there. <laughs> and uh, I don't even know what I did for the next few days. I, I really don't remember. I was just alive. I think if somebody had shown up to the gate and said, let's go to Chile, I would have just gone and walked off and left everything. I mean, I, I don't know. But I, I recognized that I was certainly not Kate Montana, and I sure as hell wasn't a physical human being. What a joke. I recognized I was an eternal being. And when I looked downstream, I realized I would never die. That if in walking through the garden that day, if my body had dropped, I would have walked on. And even more shocking was when I recognized in the next moment was when I looked upstream at my life, I realized I'd never been born. I always had been and I always would be. Which, when you really stop to think about it, and recently, it takes the whole God, <laughs> takes the whole God concept out of the picture, because if I'm an eternal being, I was never created. I only dismantled God, uh, maybe last year or within the last two years. Again, a very divisive, hierarchic. And I'm always down here. I mean, and you want process, Brandon, did I struggle for six months with the no God thing? I was like, well, I, you know, all my training, my whole life, blasphemy, blasphemy, oh my God, oh my God, you know, now. <laughs> um, that was really hard, but God, when I look at it, it's just like, we're eternal spirit beings. What the hell do we need a God for? Unless we have to have a hierarchy, something's better than me that I can, you know, count on to uplift me, which means I take no responsibility, which means I give up all of my sovereignty. I'm looking outside of myself. Where does that leave me? Powerless, 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 powerless. In this crazy ass place, we get to some amazing places. And it sounds like that you have, have really kind of condensed your awakening. I, I've been, um, I would say my first awakening, I guess was, uh, when you're born or whatever, but, um, in, when I was 18 in 2001, and it was just such a shock to my system. It was, it was acid induced. And then it was a lot of things induced. It was physical abuse to home. It was acid. It was, uh, getting into psychedelics, uh, exposed to conspiracies, all kinds of stuff. Just this perfect, um, entourage effect of just a uh, wide open, like third eye squeegee clean kind of thing. And so with this whole 
method that you went through, how fixed are you on where you are now as far as what you believe to be true? As far as like, this is how this place operates. And that's my question to you. How certain are you at where you are right now with how you feel this place operates and who you are? Well, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just started work on an, on an essay, uh, titled, I don't know, <laughs> which right now are three of the most powerful words that I know. I don't know. <laughs> I've become so excruciatingly conscious of the layers of programming brandon it, it's just um it it almost takes my breath away maybe not on a daily basis lately but certainly on a weekly basis um that i see through some other identity that i've taken on some other construct belief system it was a real stretch for me too i had a dear friend my dear friend emily um beautiful beautiful being you know she very we were having a great conversation one day and and she said i said well what have you been up to lately and she said i went to a i went to a flat earth conference in denver and i was like what she said i went to a flat earth conference in denver i said what she said i went to a flat earth conference in denver and i was like oh really so what made you go there you know and so so this whole conversation is just like three years ago i would have gone oh, shit she's lost it now i'm like huh what do you know send me the info i don't know truly three of the most powerful words i know right now i don't know i do know you know i was on a podcast the other day and somebody asked me and, and the host asked me how do you know you're in a matrix how do you know this is all how do you know we've been lied to and I actually don't remember what I said to him, but I thought about it later. And it was like, I, you know, what's made me realize is two things. Ever since I was a small girl, I've always felt very much like Neo in the Matrix, that there's something wrong with this place. It's not supposed to be this miserable. It's not supposed to be this hard. It's not supposed to, it's not, it's not supposed to be this way. So there's that. But then you have to depend upon and, and lean upon your inner knowing. You have to trust your, your inner knowing, which again is one of the insidious, keep looking outside yourself for answers that we're programmed into. The last place we're taught to go is to listen to ourselves. So, so I stopped listening to that little voice that said something's wrong. And, and then, and then, and then, and then. The other thing that makes me realize that this, that we are in a matrix and that we are living in a fabricated reality pushing us relentlessly down a cattle chute towards a dystopian totalitarian control slave hierarchy reality um is what i said earlier there's eight billion creator gods on this planet who don't want the shit that's going down why is it going down why apparently is this happening despite 8 billion people not wanting this to happen so when i looked at that i was like oh okay there's something going on we are in we're we're caught in a in a in a cobweb here we're caught in a matrix we're caught in a vision of ourselves that is we ourselves 
are tearing ourselves apart. I am so curious what your thoughts are on NPCs. That do you think there's eight billion people here? NPC well, meaning non-playable character in a simulation, oh, right? Background okay. people, I think, is what uh, Dolores Cannon called them. Back backdrop people. This is, audience, by the way, has a lot of emotional maturity. We talk about the concept of NPCs quite a bit, and you don't have to worry about being judged here if you want to let people know that you probably think some of them aren't real. It's okay. No, no I, I, I don't worry about getting judged. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I don't mean to fall back on that as a, as a cop-out. I don't know. Um, I do know that I have seen and run across, um, quote-unquote, human beings who definitely are not human. Um, how much of a, you know, I, I don't want to take the matrix, you know, I wrote, used matrix because it's such a, such a powerful and, and accurate word. Um, but I don't want to get too confused with the, with the movie, like we're in a simulation. Now, granted, there's the, oh God, what's his name? Uh, there's a computer scientist who has actually found this amazing computer code at the under that is underlying and underpinning the equations um, uh, describing reality. And they're going, why is computer code showing up in these equations? I mean, it, it, and it's like, Ugh. so that's kind of a, I don't know. We could be in a matrix. I don't know if we're in a simulation. I, you know, I, I've always had a problem with this idea about, you know, the Eastern idea of, the, of this is all an illusion, which is another way. This is a twisted light kind of concept is, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, it's all an illusion. And so I don't have to worry about sex trafficked kids and I don't have to worry about the dying whales. And I don't, it's all an illusion. You know, it's, it's a really great way to just fall into the arms of spiritual bypassing and live happily asleep ever after. Can't the but, same principle be applied to us in the form of that you're doing, we're doing something out here that we can't prove is happening or not. And therefore there's a, there's a prescribed remedy for it by the people who have discovered that it's occurring and then now you need to not drive cars anymore because we're killing whales or something right now there's no way i can prove number one that those whales exist at all i've seen a couple of whales but not like you know what i'm saying and then to further that then you can't say that their solution isn't predetermined or in some way apprehending your rights to lead you again this hegelian dialect you mentioned it before the problem reaction solution uh, I think it's found in the Bible. I think the Old Testament God sucked ass. I think he was a dickhead. In came Jesus, manufactured a God's like, fine, and here, have my son or whatever. And then everybody can just go to heaven. You can pedophile all your life, last breath, had Jesus come on in, and then boom, you're in heaven, right? So everybody liked that guy. But it took this Hegelian dialect kind of right there, you know, laid out in front of you, problem, reaction, solution. But even the solution sucks. And you think about this with gas prices too. Like you'll get gas prices will go up like, let's say it's a dollar. Remember when gas was 99 cents? That was awesome. So gas was a dollar. It'll go up to $3. And then everybody will be like, what the fuck is this? And then it'll go down to $2. And everyone's like, oh, thank God. But like, you're still getting fucked. You know what I'm saying? And, but you're, you're grateful that it's not as fucked. So it's this interesting idea of, again, this like, hey, there's something going on out there that needs your attention outside of yourself, which is exactly what you're talking about here. And that's what I find most interesting is meditation as well. For me, I'm, I, it didn't work for me. Uh, I've got a lot of what Alan Watts called the chatter in the mind. You know, I don't want to talk to you about this, uh, the, the archons. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm sure no one can relate. Um, but uh, this idea that uh, it just constantly like distracts and diverts or whatever. And so, you know, to, to put that aside with all of the things that we're talking about here, it's been a mind fuck, to be honest with you. I think this place is like a lot mental. And I think that there's a lot of dangling keys out there. And then, it, you know, to the meditation thing, when I would sit there, it felt like, yes, there was a key there, but I was being pointed like you out from within. Like I was looking in, but being broadcasted out, but really it's like you're at the door, you're just turned the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this interesting, again, these psyop, psyop, psyop things are here to mess with your mind. I feel that this place is 100% mental. Just a mind fuck, to be honest with you. One of the things, okay. Um, you know, if I, if I get up and, and, and stub my toe on the corner of the, of the, you know, bookshelf, it's going to hurt. If I cut myself, I bleed. If I go down to the beach and a whale, you know, jumps out of the ocean, you know, I, 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 I can't. Ooh, I'm going to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to diddle myself with ideas about, oh, was it really real? Is the whale there when I'm not there? Is Kihei still there? Is the mainland still there if I'm not on the main? Oh, who gives a shit? That's just such, you know, I can spend the rest of my life fucking with myself with worthless ideas when I have this beautiful body. I have sunshine. I have a cat. I've got dirt in my feet. Um, I can go out and, and be in the waves. I can be engaged in life, in life, not in these conceptual did whatevers. And, you know, I, it's, it's been astounding. It's been, I've said it before and I'll say it again, 40 years of training to get up and out, up and out, up and out. And then the last three years, I've realized the answer is down and in, down and in, get real, get in your body. The body is the safe place, not out there somewhere where any influence can come in and spin more bullshit in my brain. The body doesn't lie. The body is life itself. It's not even freaking physical. It's all energy. It's the appearance of form. It doesn't lie. It's totally aligned with the life force. So throughout the book, Cracking the Matrix, part of the whole keys, the journey is to get out of the mind, get into the body and start to trust what the body says. Trust what your heart says. Trust where your gut leads you. Start to trust yourself because there, there's not a, oh, there's my spiritual self and then there's my body and then there's heaven and then there's earth. It's all one thing. And it's not a thing. <laughs> so what a, what a, what a uh, mind blower to, to realize, to, I, because of how I've been trained to be ashamed of this, to want to, you know, squeeze it into a corset or make it lose weight or drink it too much or what. It's just that this has been my my prison. And to finally realize that it's my it's my safe haven. It's an extraordinary expression of, of love. That it really is. I'm beginning, beginning, the more I get into my body, Brandon, and just, just feel the life force. 
without trying to feel the life force, without trying to be good or be heavenly or be anything, just feeling everything that's coming through, feeling the shitty emotions that come through, feeling the headache, feeling the back pain. It's just pain. When I finally just got, okay, it's just pain and didn't give it any meaning or purpose, it actually starts to go away. I'm making friends with this for the first time in my life and I'm finding what an enormous gateway it is to unlimited potential and power. It's extraordinary. The more I get real with life and stop playing the head games and, and even caring about all that other stuff, the happier I get. And the more peaceful I get. Not in a spiritual bypassing way, but in a lived, uh, centered, you know, the in the eye of the storm kind of place where, you know, it's a shit show. We know that. And the, so the more centered we can be, and we're not centered in our mind, centered in the body. So, um, yeah, that, that's a, I, I can't say strongly enough how potent the body is and learning to trust what it what it speaks and not be afraid to feel everything that it feels and um you know probably like most people i've abused my body i've i've you know et cetera et cetera et cetera i've had such judgment such judgment um but to finally realize that that you know somebody said oh you're such a spiritual person it's just like you know it's just more concept i'm not a person and i'm not spiritual I'm a being of pure love, expressing in this appearance here now. That's it. That's what I know. What are your thoughts on trust? Um, you mentioned earlier guides that you've had, and I hear a lot of folks talk about guides and these entities that connect with them. And some of the ways that some folks have talked about it is similarly to what we described uh, in the Bible, what we just talked about, <clears throat> this problem, reaction, solution sort of a thing. Uh, what I've uh, talked about with some folks is that they have sort of voices in their head, but they'll have physical manifestations that visit them, almost like angels and demons. But one of mm -hmm. them does not have uh, their best interests at heart. We would call this archons or something. And then the other one seems to be a direct inner balance counterpart to that one, meaning that this occupant prefers the, let's call it the angel and the demon, okay? There's an yeah. angel that they prefer the contact, the communication, and the feeling of. There's a demon that's kind of always there that runs the occupant to the angel. Could this be sort of a two hands of the same puppet kind of a thing, an archon type being with two mm. puppets, one called a demon, one called an angel, and you're this person is stuck in the middle and then it's being baited by one to run to the other, but the motive is the same. So my question to you is trust. How do you know how to trust what you feel? Because I've done a lot of psychedelics, a lot of ecstasy, and you can simulate love. Uh, MDMA is a great simulator of such things. And so it's, it's manufacture a bull in my mind. And so if that's the case in these archons, these beings that can just do anything, right? Um, they could in theory manufacture a great feeling entity that you're connecting with as well as the dark entity, which may be their true face. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And I and I think you're right that that is a possible dynamic and and sometimes a likely dynamic. The the issue of trust is boy, I don't think I don't think there's anything more more vitally important. <clears throat> and I it's and it's and it's so hard because we have been so assiduously programmed not to trust ourselves, not to trust anything, trust anything but ourselves or what my gut feeling is about something. Um, and it that's a process of learning to discern how you really feel as opposed to how you're being driven to think and then feel and and all i know brandon is that it's, a, it's an individual journey it's a step-by-step -step journey but it's the most important journey you can take is to start to listen to yourself and you know throughout the book these these keys are so simple it's just like start to start to listen to your body that's one thing you know turn off your fucking phone get away from the the wi-fi and the 5g and all of those interference patterns if you can make it 15 minutes a day heaven hallelujah to start or take off your shoes walk sit on the sit your butt on the ground um ground yourself in the frequencies of life and and the more we can do that and take the time you know there's nothing uh, in my whole life has taught me that there's nothing more than passionate sincerity if you passionately sincerely want to know yourself and come to trust yourself you will be guided down that path now what the path looks like i don't know is every is everything is different for everybody you know i i had the thought the other day that if somebody had to ask me for a one word definition of heaven it would be certainty not the certainty of the mind the mind is never certain give me the next factoid and i'm uncertain again on off balance and off base but the certainty of self which is wordless voiceless formless and so real and so powerful we just have to learn to be still enough and start to listen for that and um and 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 that and that's the journey and boy does that sound simple and is that not simple because <laughs> everything you know has been stacked up to take us away from that simplicity what just go sit my butt on the ground and be quiet for half an hour a day you know ask myself first instead you know when when a, when a decision comes up it was this this is the very first key in the book chapter one key is was i was sitting there racking my brain in my head trying to figure out what's the first key what's the first key and, fi and finally i just shut up and closed my eyes and i was just like oh duh. it's be quiet don't try to figure anything out the mind is a trap the mind doesn't know shit i have actually come to realize this is this was one of my big ahas that you read toward the end of the book is that the whole intellectual verbal mental construct capacity i think was introduced by the archons 
I don't think that the mental, that mental, the way we think, I think intellectual thinking was absolutely anathema and unheard of at a certain point in our, in our experience on this planet. And we don't need it. We really don't need it. There's a whole different kind of intelligence available to us. But this gets the words get in the way. You know, da 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 da. Um. So, you know that that's the very that's the very first step, and to take those, you know, aligning with life. I mean, there's so many decisions that we're that we're asked to make on a daily basis. You know, so well, what book will I read? Well, what TV show will I watch? Well, what kind of water will I drink? Um, what kind of you know material will I put on my body? Um, what job will I take? What show will I go on? Um, you, you know, it's just like, well, what feels the most aligned with life? You know, I, I have a lot of spiritual friends who, when the when the vaccines came out, they felt, uh-uh, no, there's, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right, uh-uh. And then my sister got married or my mother started to die or my, you know, there was a job interview in Spain or, or there, the, the, you know, I got a timeshare in Mexico, you know, it was the last possibility and I wanted to travel. So I did it anyway. And I'm just going to clean it up in consciousness. I'm just going to white light it and it'll be fine. And I'm like, there's so many levels of, of spiritual delusion that is part of the, the programming again, to keep us, out of our bodies and disconnected from life emanating life perpetuating sustainable choices i can't dodge a fucking hangover let alone change a freaking vial of a out of a pfizer and that's not to demean my capacity as a spirit having an experience it's just the facts ma'am at this point so so we we live in these 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 delusional spiritual ideal realm but what did life say my friend i mean she's she's still three years later she's still got tremors she knew not to take the vaccine her body told her uh-uh but her mother was sick, so she wanted to travel, blah, 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 blah. When are we going to align with life? When are we going to really align with what we know? Our gut, our hearts know. It's like, okay, my mom is dying. I'm not going to take the shot. I'm not going to travel. I'm going to trust that I'm a being of spirit and that love is enough to connect me to her. I don't have to fly to her side. I don't have to go to my sister's wedding. She may hate me for the rest of my life for not being at her wedding because I wouldn't take the fucking vaccine to get there. But you know what? Love is enough. I'm a being of love. She's a being of love. Where it really counts, she knows and I know. And that's what we're fostering. And that's the relationship that we're growing. We are growing the capacity for connection to life and love. Despite the programs, despite the ideas, despite all of the stories that is tough love that's getting real and we are in a time where we have to wake up and get real 
And there's so much beauty and there's so much life and there's so much power available when we make these kinds of choices and support life honoring choices. And it is a bitch. It's hard. I may lose my job. I lost more friends over not taking the COVID vaccine. Oh, my God. I lost business. I lost a business partner over it because I wouldn't take it and go on a film shoot. Blah, 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 blah. But it was just like everything in me went, no, 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 no. I, I don't no. And so the, the big question at the end of the, well, if I say no to the mandate and if I say no to the social credit score and if I say no to the to the commercial monetary ID and, and everything, if I say no to the chip in my arm that enables me to go to the grocery store and get food, where does I where does that leave me? How do I survive? And I don't know the answer to that, except that if I make choices for love, if I make choices where my body and my heart and my gut and life are aligned, and this is the path, this is life talking to me, not a whisper in my head, not a guide, not an angel, not a book, not a teacher, not a politician, but alignment that just feels right, even if it flies in the face and looks nuts. If I follow that, I will be taken care of. Life only knows more life. Doesn't know death. There is no death. Energy can only change state. It doesn't die. So, so when we align with life, it may take us down some pretty interesting, unexpected pathways, but we will be taken care of. I know that. Does that mean that I am never frightened? <laughs> I wish. I look at the future and it scares the shit out of me sometimes. I look at, you know, I live on an island and 80% of our food comes from and supplies come from someplace else. And I look at logistics and, and my head wants to spin and, oh, my God, how do I plan? And do I buy gold or do I buy crypto or do I la, 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 la. What is my go sit under a tree, Kate? Take a breath. Oh, sit down. Just what feels right right now, right now in my body? What do I need to do right now? What is life uh, and my breath telling me to do right now? I don't know any other lodestone or pathway that is trustworthy except for that. You know, I find you fascinating. And I think the way you think is fascinating. I, I love your optimism on this place, and I, I think that um, your value for life and your reverence for love is amazing. It's it's absolutely incredible. I'm coming in, I'm still kind of, um, you know, got this hangover, this uh, darkness, retro shade, if you will, uh, sort of this back shadow or whatever of whatever I just went through that was pretty damn dark, Kate. And, um, and so... I look forward to balancing my perspective a little bit more. I've got a pretty dark perspective of this place right now as far as like we're food source and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And <clears throat> so, um, but beyond that, I, again, think you're absolutely fascinating. And I know that the live audience that we have here has a ton of questions for you. And if not, I still have more questions for you. But 
Let's uh, let's go ahead and kick this into the second half here with all of the audience here that's going to be able to join us. Just wanted to wrap it up here for the listening and watching audience and let them know that they could sign up at Patreon. Come hang out. It's uh, You can come be a part of this thing. This this is a blast. We've still got more conversation to have. So do that down in the show description. Um, Kate, all the ways to find you will be located down there as well. Your book, especially, crack, Cracking the Matrix. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to get a recommendation for the next book that you recommend of yours to read uh, and pick that one up as well. But going to be located down below. If you don't mind, for this listening audience, leave us on a high note. What gets you out of bed every morning? Keeps you moving. Knowing that I don't know, interestingly enough, life has become much more of an adventure. And the more I... You know, what gets me out of bed in the morning is just, what gets me out of bed in the morning is this, is feeling hooked up, knowing I'm hooked up, and not knowing what's next. Um, It's really kind of, it's gotten to the place where it's kind of cool, rather than freaking terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's the fact that I don't know. There's so much spaciousness opening up. The more I get out of my head, the more I get out of these concepts, the more I get out, the, the more I do exactly what I've talked about doing, the better it gets. And so I, I, I know, you know, again, back to this whole trust in life, this world may explode. Life will go on. You know, it. it, it our, our, our ideas. You know, we're very you know constricted. I. You know, I think I'm this body, and so I've got concerns about a lot of things around that. But life will go on. This whole world could just evaporate, and life will go on. And so I've learned. I'm. I try. I'm trusting that. And because I know that that. All the shit show that we're engaged in, that we're experiencing now with the WEF and the WHO and the la-di-da and, and, oh my God. I mean, it looks horrifying. It's horrifying. It's so fucking scary. It's not sustainable. It's not built on love. It's not built on life. It has an expiration date built in. This interdimensional influence has an expiration date built in. It can only go so far and then it just loses steam because it has no life force to it. I, I want to end up on a positive note before we get to questions. You know, talking about evil and ooh, interdimensional influences that can, you know, insinuate into my mind and my emotions and make me do shit. It's like this intelligence isn't even that intelligent it doesn't have it doesn't have the power to pick up a pencil all it can do is influence and the moment i see its game and that the game is i gotta feel terrible about myself and forget that i'm a spirit being of love and think i'm physical limited piece of shit. oh i see the game i'm not that you know, I all those 40 years, 30 years meditating and all of the all of the books and the self-help books and the God. And it's just like 
to, to finally just come to the simplicity of, of all of this is remarkable. And I just totally lost my train of thought, damn it. <laughs> Archons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where I was. Is This influence has no influence the moment you see it. The moment you know what's going on and what the game is, which is always to debase, make you lower and lower and divided and not trust yourself. The moment you see the game, it's game over. You know, people say, well, should I white light myself? And should I, you know, should I, or should, how do I do battle? And it's just like, that's more of the game. Black hats, white hats, good guys, bad guys. What does that do? Feeds it energy, feeds it energy, feeds it energy. It will die of its own accord and leave. When you start getting in touch with your light, your real, your body, life itself has nowhere to go and it will leave of its own accord. So there's no doing battle. It has no power, none. We have all the power. It had to convince us to debase ourselves. We're the creators. We're the generative ones. We're the ones that create reality. It doesn't. So it had to convince us to spin its own program. And we did it to ourselves. Once you see it, it's, as I say, it's game over. So there's really nothing to be afraid of. What, who, who is it that said there's nothing to fear but fear itself? <laughs>